Street Fighter V just got a brand new netcode update, and Catalyst and I have spent some time this morning exploring it directly while also trying to figure out what specific changes we should be expecting moving forward. Speaking of changes moving forward, Capcom appears to be planning to evolve the game in some significant ways here in Season 5, both on the individual character and general levels. And finally, why does Mortal Kombat's Melina have such a rabid fanbase? We explore a bit of the psychology behind the fandom of this simultaneously sexy bay and devouring monster from under your bed, all on this week's episode of the Event Hubs Podcast. Alright, welcome back to another episode of the Event Hubs Podcast. I am John Catalyst Gray, and with me as always is John Velociraptor Guerrero. Hello, hello. Alright, so we got a brand new patch for Street Fighter V, and it could be a huge deal, and it could also be not a big deal at all. We are not sure what the heck is going on, actually. Uh, we've got uh, we've actually reached out to Capcom and asked them uh, uh, to give clarification on, on what's going on, but we did jump in there and immediately run sets on what might be happening. And just to recap here, Capcom did a patch last night with the UIU version of uh, Street Fighter V, which added in all the um, you know the new sponsor costumes and things, and then you know the uh, um, the new uh, EX fighting layer uh, costume for Karen. Uh, mm -hmm. With that, they also mentioned network adjustments. And it's very confusing because they, they reference the patch that happened back in February. And they say that they, there was latency issues there and some of the syncing stuff was going on and that they basically rolled back their rollback code from that they had implemented there. Uh, hence the confusion that we're ha uh, having right now. Uh, but anyway, so we went in and tested it. And, and for uh, Dream King, he does tend to have more connection issues than, than you and I do. Uh, he felt that there was a, a, a difference, but it also could be a placebo effect, right? Very common here uh, when you're dealing with online issues and other things, like people say it's better, uh, you know, maybe that's a reality, maybe it's not. But for you and I, we felt like there wasn't that big of a difference. Correct, yeah, to me it was, I was of course looking out for any notable changes but nothing kind of came up that was i mean i didn't have much lag at all but that could happen in a normal session previously anyway so yeah yeah so uh one of the big things that we haven't really begun to, to talk about here on the website yet we will will be following up on this is that uh the third note here is they reduce the processing load during the battle mm -hmm. and what that means people are like oh you know might immediately go to like oh load times or whatever well we actually think this is directly going to impact playstation 4 users where we we talked about how poorly the game performs on playstation 4 we've been one of the main people that have, have documented and talked about this stuff uh and we think this is to directly address that issue issue. Uh, so we're hoping to get clarification here, but I mean, I don't understand what else that would mean. Uh, and, and just very quickly to, to explain to our, um, our audience here, when you're running a game online that has rollback code, and it's any game, it's not just Street Fighter V, it's, it's any game out there, the game is saving various states that it will call back or quote unquote roll back to if your game gets out of sync. Mm -hmm. And that creates additional overhead when you're playing a game that it is normally not there when you're playing it offline. And, and the PlayStation 4 runs so close to what it can do maximum-wise uh, when it's running Street Fighter V that there's not a lot of extra overhead to play online. That's how come there's more latency when you play on the PlayStation 4 than there is on PC. Uh, at least that's one of the reasons how come we, we think so. We don't know what the holdup is. It could be like, you know, it could be something in their networking card or their, you know, motherboard. It could be their CPU. It could be their RAM in the PlayStation 4 that's causing this issue. We don't know why the PlayStation 4 struggles to keep up where a PC, you know, goes faster, only that it does. Mm -hmm. so so, 
um, the fact that that Capcom has reduced the processing load during you know battle, they they specifically say that it's not like load times, it's not anything else. It's literally when you're you're fighting online. Um, uh, that it's lesser, like, we think that the PlayStation 4 uh, users are going to have a better experience now. I don't know if it's going to be a great experience, but it should be a better one. Uh, unfortunately, I can't test this because I gave away my piece of crap PlayStation 4 because I never wanted oh, really? to see that thing again. It was either give it away or smash it with a sledgehammer. I was very close just for the, the, the relief that it would give me to smashing it with a freaking sledgehammer just to feel that, like, it's this is never going to hurt anyone again. It's <laughs> this, this piece of crap is never going to hurt another life, you know, kind of thing. But one of my friends wanted it. I'm like, here you go, you know. So, um, so and I get away. The monkey's paw onto one of your quote unquote friends, huh? Yeah. Oh man, it's it was. It, it, I don't know if I'm going to recover karma wise from that one or not. But, well, maybe Capcom yeah. did you a solid and saved them here with uh, with whatever this update is. <laughs> yeah, but so th there it is. We don't know a lot uh, about it yet. We are going to be deep diving this as much as we can. But since this just happened, we did want to address it. Mm -hmm. But but John, what's going on in your neck of the woods? Well, I, I had a few questions about this because even though I fully process and understand all of this, um, maybe some of our readers and listeners wouldn't. And so I just wanted to bounce questions off you as though I didn't know the answers to them. But you might know the answers to them and you could share uh, said answers. Um, in one of the little bullet points here, under number one, they're talking about the rollback, right? And mm -hmm. um, the way the, the ping works and the way the, the game checks ping. And it says, changed to check opponent's ping every second instead of an average ping over eight seconds. And then it says, after, rolled back the change so that the average ping over eight seconds is calculated instead of checking the ping every second. To me, that sounds like the game uh, was previously updating its uh, and like keeping track of this every second and then attending to it whenever the issue happened now it's going to be an average over eight seconds and at eight second intervals then it's going to kind of check this out and then maybe that's when a rollback kind of situation might happen or is is that what they're saying here yeah, can you elaborate it, what this might mean basically how do you want to peel the apple do you want to use a knife? Do you want to buy a fancy tool to, you know, um, that automatically peels it, you know, the apple for you, spins it around and does that? Do you want to use an old school apple peeler? Like, what do you want to do? You know, or do you just want to eat the apple straight up without peeling it? What kind of weirdo peels is apple, right? Um, that's really what this comes down to. And it's the developers testing all this stuff and seeing which way they think works best for Street Fighter V. Uh, Mortal Kombat 11, who we, we generally hold up as a gold standard for netcode, they might do it entirely different than this they might do it the exact same way they might do it the way that capcom just had it and just changed it uh your mileage is going to vary with this stuff but capcom feels that for whatever reason that this change is going to be superior to the one that they put in before uh that's pretty much what it comes down to um Okay. So yes, it, it's it, they're basically saying an average is going to be better than trying every second uh, and i generally think that way would be superior but i mean who knows well, we'll like yeah now is so for those of us playing I, I guess what i'm really looking for is anything that we can look out for as potential manifestations of an evidence of some kind of a change or a place to look to see okay this is specifically where things should be getting better so pay attention right here and i'm trying to grab those places if any of those are apparent at this point so does this give us a specific place to look to see if there's been any progress made or is it just too far uh, from the surface at this point that we really can't make those kind of predictions or, or assumptions? If you have a really good eye for this stuff, I think you might be able to like kind of pass the eye test uh, on this, but it's going to be very hard and it's going to be very prone to the placebo effect of, mm -hmm. I think I see something here. Uh, you would have to have really good tools and do other things and, and just really deep dive into this to, I think, 
fundamentally see a difference here. And then again, it's the internet. Like it's, it's, you're not testing in a stable environment whenever you're testing on the internet. I don't care how good your internet connection is. You can always have uh, network latency or other things just kind of randomly peak up. And was that, was that the game code or was that your just internet connection or was it, you know, 50 other things that factored in? Mm -hmm. um, so I think it's going to be really hard for people to, to, completely and absolutely see the difference here. Uh, they might feel the difference, but to see it, I think is going to be hard. Mm -hmm. And then, so something like reduced the processing load during the battle, like, do we, do we even know what that might manifest as? Is like, does that mean that we're going to get more grainy textures in the background so that the game isn't working as hard? Or, or you know, is there a place we can look to see where they might take some of the, uh, the processing power away from a different process and give it to the, you know, the, the I don't know, the specific connection or what needs to be attended to there to make sure the connection is strong? Or is that also just something kind of vague out there? It's like, we're making it better, stay tuned. Yeah, there's there's 50 ways they could have done it. It's possible they, they dropped down the graphics on a few things, or the texture quality, or a few other things. I mean, those settings are readily available to PC users, right? So maybe mm -hmm. Capcom sees the game going online on PS4, and they go, we're going to take that texture quality down from 100% to 90%. And it's almost imperceptible, especially if you're playing online. You probably don't care so much about that, especially if your, your latency is better, especially if it helps the game go through all this stuff a little quicker. Uh, but they also could have done it by optimizing their code. They could have done it 50 different ways. Sure. Um, and so we don't know for sure, but it's possible we'll see some of those artifacts are side effects of doing this come up. Okay. So um, then I guess my only other question would be asking you at this point in time, and it's still very early and you've only got minimal experience actually playing the game, but you do have the patch notes in front of you and you do have the, you know, half an hour or so that we've, um, you know, uh, run the experiment. How are you feeling about it right now, given this update? Like, are, are you, do you think it's more promising? Are you holding out and like, ah, it might be something, it might not. Maybe it's only going to help PlayStation users. Like, where are you kind of at? Yeah, um, I'm, I'm in the same boat as you. I tried it for a little bit. Uh, we all just ran sets together, and it feels the exact same as before. But I was also very happy with the netcode. And, and to illustrate this a little bit more with people is... If you have a terrible netcode, but both people have a extremely excellent connection to each other, the netcode's not gonna matter that much. Where the rubber meets the road with netcode is if you don't have a good connection to someone. Uh, someone in that, that chain is having issues, that's where it makes a big difference. And both you and I have actually been very happy with the netcode in Street Fighter V uh, as of late. Uh, we have other issues with the game, but the netcode has not been one of them. Um, and because of that, like we're not the best test cases to work off of. Mm -hmm. This is more of if you were having trouble with the game, you definitely want to give it another try again and see if this helped you. I don't think it's going to be a night and day difference for anyone but potentially PlayStation users. Um, but if you're playing on PC and other stuff like and you were having trouble, you might notice a bit of a positive difference. But the, the PlayStation users, those are the ones I'm really curious about if they notice a big time increase in performance. Uh, and, and just to, to back that up a little bit, you and I went from having an unplayable connection uh, and you were playing on PlayStation, I was playing on PC and it was just like, I'm like, love you dog, but I want to play you all the time, but I can't suffer through this. This is too much. This is basically unplayable. And now that we're both on PC, it's entirely playable. It's like, it's great. Like mm -hmm. I have almost no issues playing you ever. Uh, so that was the extremely noticeable difference. And that's what I'm kind of hoping happens for PlayStation users. But I'm also not too hopeful because we've had generations of PlayStation hardware not measure up. <laughs> and so I, I hope I'm dead wrong. And I hope the PlayStation is just an amazing platform to play on right now. I truly genuinely hope that I just 
doubt it. I'm really hesitant. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 PlayStation has given me every reason to doubt them uh, in terms of, of fighting game performance on their hardware. Um, so until they prove me wrong, uh, I'm, you know, I'm going to doubt them. So, so we'll keep our uh, eyes and ears peeled. But hey, any of you out there that are playing in a different kind of scenario than we are, where you have had a lot of issues and maybe you've even taken some time off. And if you play on PlayStation 4, please run the experiment yourself and, hey, tweet at us or send us a DM, whatever, and let us know what your responses are because, I mean, really, it's we wish we could have this huge experiment where everyone, you know, runs it perfectly and, and we really get quick and, whole, and, and, and hard answers that come back. But, unfortunately, it's, it's kind of a guess and check and it's like a general, uh, you know, compilation of, of just different people's experiences and then how the community ultimately sort of feels about it and that's because we just don't have the details but let's get that started and let's be as efficient as we can and get as clear and refined a view of this as we can and, and that requires that we all participate yeah for sure okay so the one of our big subjects for the week Street Fighter V is, well, it's in a completely different place than it has been. And, and, you know, if we go back through the timeline, the game's identity has changed in some significant ways in more than just the arcade edition or the champion edition updates, although those are probably pretty clear and, and, and um, good mile markers for uh, monitoring the change. But it's about to change again, I think. And that's based on what we're seeing with the uh, or with the incoming DLC. We got a roadmap. We've got a bunch of new characters coming. We've got a couple of new um, like general tweaks to the game. But uh, a lot of the direction that it seems like, and the little hints that the developers are giving us when they're presenting these new characters or just talking about them makes me feel like they're going to take some new chances and go some new directions with things in sort of ways that we haven't exactly seen before. And um, and I want to consider where are we at right now in terms of Street Fighter V's identity and where might we be headed in terms of Street Fighter V's identity as we have maybe, what, a year and a half or two years left of play? What can we sort of expect the, uh, the general flow of the game? What direction is that going to go in? So... Mm. Um, I guess I would just open it up to you right now. Like, where where do you where do you see us going? You know, actually, uh, I you know me, I like to go back to history. Let's start and, at the beginning. That's fine yeah, too. Um, I, Street Fighter Four actually went through a similar thing where where Capcom released Yan Yang, Evil Ryu, and Oni, and all four characters were relevant and interesting. And then, you know, the same thing happened later on with uh, Ultra Street Fighter 4 with Rolento, Elena, DiCaprio, and Poison, and for the most part, Hugo. Like, I, Hugo was, like, not great, like, and he had some really problematic matchups, as you know, from playing Goken, right? Like, yeah. he was, uh, there were some issues there, but... Capcom mostly hit on the latter DLC characters that they released for Street Fighter 4. People were very impressed with how competitive and, and, and you know just interesting they were in the tournament scene. Um, but if you look a little bit earlier in Street Fighter 4's lifespan, with Super, they released like DJ, T-Hawk, Hakan, Guy, Dudley. Uh, I'm not saying Jerry. that those characters were completely irrelevant, but it's definitely not the extremely strong track record that followed, right? Those characters mm -hmm. were, you know, that's six of the ten that came in that, you know, release and they were pretty lackluster overall you know um so i look at street fighter 5 in a similar way i think that season four they mostly landed it with kage uh, ihanda poison gill and seth i think lucia is a little bit dicey you know but i still think she has enough traction and she's okay enough i wouldn't call her a total dud i think she's solid right mm -hmm. 
So if Capcom is able to close out Street Fighter V with Dan, Rose, Oro, Akira, and whoever the fifth character is, and they're all viable and interesting, it's going to be very similar to how Street Fighter IV ended, where the final four characters, uh, not final four characters, the final five characters, uh, actually final ten, I guess, uh, nine, um, uh, anyway, the final nine characters all ended up being very interesting and compelling. It's like, I think that we look at the history of how these games work, and I don't think we view them on enough of the correct timeline. And to just elaborate a little bit more on that, I think that our expectations are sometimes too high when these games first come out, where the developers and the community are learning so much about them. It's really later on in these games' lifespan that the, the developers and the community figures out what the heck is going on and really hits it hard. And we don't have enough appreciation kind of for those, those early stages of a game's lifespan. And I would hate for history to repeat itself and for us to just really dog a game before it gets a proper chance to kind of flourish. Um, and I think a lot of people are appreciating and respecting where Street Fighter V is. But I just I wanted to point out how it was very similar in my eyes to Street Fighter IV. Yeah. Oh, there's, so there's a lot here. There's a lot of uh, different ways of tackling this and levels of resolution in terms of do you want to go in like the specific little tiny, you know, there used to be input lag and that had a heavy influence on how the game would be played. And then after that was changed, uh, the meta changed a little bit, right? It became a little less guessy in terms of offense and a little better in terms of those who wanted to react. Uh, you had changes like anti-air jabs used to be this rainbow of a hitbox above your head that didn't require very much for certain characters in the way of reaction timings and that really changed things once that was and I know some people will disagree that it's been you know altered but from what it was to the fact that sometimes you might hit someone out of the air with a jab now it's a different thing right the fact that uh, throw loops are no longer what they used to be that's changed things very much and then of course every time you update the game's balance there's going to be some uh, some well at least potential for significant shuffling and whatnot but now we're getting a brand new battle mechanic along with a brand new balance and then we got Dan, whom we know is going to be like unlike any other character thus far, in that one, he's a joke character, so that's going to be a completely different look. And, and we've even talked about it before on how he could be more of, you know, not only a different experience while you're playing, but uh, provide new avenues for esports players to express themselves, right? Potentially, something like that. And that he's going to have these combos that have taunts wrapped directly into them or that are part of the cancel system. So, nah maybe not the most impact from a character like that but he's on route and who knows right and then rose i feel like we've actually heard maybe the least in terms of how she's going to play i know there's been talk about her having these um tarot cards that she might use but we have no idea mm -hmm. how that's going to function um, but whatever new stuff like they, they seem to be bringing new mechanics and character specific mechanics for a lot of these characters I will just say on the Rose front she was supposed to be a, like a season 3 or season mm -hmm. 4 character and they reworked her heavily that's what I've heard uh, and they're in the process of course of reworking her heavily um, she I think is going to fit more of the mold of what I talked about as a mid-range zoner but we'll get into that a little bit later on but, uh, mm -hmm. but yeah yeah, and then Aura, of course, is this weird turtle balancing act that he's going to have to do to some capacity. We have no idea how that's going to fully manifest, but that's something that we haven't really seen from any other character thus far. And then Akira is going to have some kind of a mechanic that comes straight out of rival schools. Mm -hmm. and, and, and then who knows who the last character is going to be and what they're going to do there. But when the last character comes, there's another new battle balance, right? A, a, a balance patch to come out. 
And so all of these characters, uh, I mean, depending on how big of a splash the individual characters are going to actually make, like maybe no one plays them, so they're kind of not all that relevant to the, the whole thing. But to the extent that they are, it's going to change the calculus quite a bit. And a new mechanic, who knows what that's going to do. And, and even in recent times, like you were getting at, what other character is there that's like Poison? Mm-hmm. You know, what other character is like E. Honda? I yeah. mean, Lucia sort of echoes Ken, but she's got some very clear, distinct um, um, facets about her that certainly, you know, the fireball game and the way she plays that and, and some of her cancels in the run, I guess that's sort of Ken's uh, uh, wheelhouse there. But, and like, what characters like Gil? He's got his own mechanic. Seth can can steal a move from everybody. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of, of individualism that have been coming out. And then not as much in the season before, but G's got his own weird, you know, presidentiality thing that, and so the, the, all of these new mechanics and new additions, uh, have the, the potential to really change the calculus a good bit. And with as many that are already planned and who knows what else is coming that we don't know that's planned. Uh, it's just, I don't see the game's identity not changing yet again to some level of significant. Yeah. It's uh, again, you really have to look at the history here and the fighting game community is so steeped in in our history and in all aspects of it. Like you have to play these games a certain way. They need to be designed a certain way. They need to look and feel and sound a certain way. We are just like such creatures of habit in our community for for very good reasons. I'm not faulting that at all. There's so many great reasons why we have this stuff. but uh, going back to it, I, Capcom actually recently stated that they feel like they understand the game better than they ever have before. Mm-hmm. And they're getting more creative and different now in the final stages of the game. And as you mentioned, I, like, I especially think that Seth and Gil heavily reflect that. They are two very innovative and different characters in many respects there. Um, and I think that earlier in the game's lifespan, you're searching for answers on what the players are going to do. We know that Capcom uses the data from these games to help balance stuff out and make things interesting. Uh, another example of that would actually be from the Street Fighter 4 days, Vanilla Sagat. They knew about like trade into Ultra and some of his ridiculous stuff that he had, but they didn't think it would be as dominant as it was in the hands of players. Hmm. Uh, Sagat was clearly intentionally designed to be strong in the original Street Fighter 4. Capcom knew this going into it when they released him. They just underestimated how strong he would be. They even said this back then. So when you have proof of how strong something is, it's not just a theory, right? Um, and, and and you you get potentially years of that data. It's much easier to make decisions on balance and to to you know make a very cohesive game that makes a lot more sense at that point. You brought up anti-air jabs. Mm-hmm. Capcom probably had some idea those were possible in the early days of Street Fighter V, but they didn't know how dominant and useful of a tool that would be. It was surprising to pretty much everyone. We were not used to anti-air jabs like this, right? I think the last time we saw that were the the alpha games. Um, so they actually spent a couple of seasons nerfing those anti-air jabs to get them to the point where they are now where it's like you can do it a little bit for the most part you're not really getting much mileage off of it right right um so the more you know about these games the more you can take the gloves off and design some interesting and creative systems that are well thought of and balanced properly you know we've spoken so much about like the problems of Rashid and Akuma right those characters running rampant for years because you made a couple of bad decisions that's a rough look. You don't want that. So you you need time and experience and opportunity to really understand how this stuff is going to resonate with your community and to understand it as developers. They, they design a game. They build all this stuff. They don't know exactly how it's going to play out. Um, 
they need time as well. And now we're in that stage. And I just, I'm developing so much more of an appreciation for that maturation process that these games go through and what the developers are able to do at that point in time. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So one of the things I wanted to do with this is sort of lightly go back through and kind of just, just enough to get an idea of maybe the the specific looks of the game over its history uh, but the main thing i want to focus on is how would we uh, uh, define the game right now and the reason i want to do that is because well if we're going to change we kind of need to know and be ready and to consider what we're going to change away from potentially right and uh, we've already started to do this by highlighting things like well how much influence did anti-air jabs have on things throw loops uh, the ridiculousness of v triggers and then those have been nerfed the input lag stuff along those lines are kind of the bigger impactors that are you know once they're changed it's going to change the calculus for the game in some significant ways where maybe before the whole thing was just try to get on offense by all means any means necessary and go from there and then maybe mm -hmm. the game shifts to more of a footsies kind of kind of thing or maybe you know in street fighter 4 there was the season of the vortex right where the whole thing was just try to you know pick a vortex character oh, put him in the vortex but when delayed wake up came out well now there's another option and uh, you know the, the the whole thing is going to be altered so where are we at right now what are some of the things that are uh, most prominently affecting Street Fighter's identity? Is it a footsies game? Street Fighter V's identity. Is it a footsies game right now? Um, are V-triggers the be-all, end-all? Because I can say back in Season 2 and Season 3, and really these have been a problem for a long time, but Capcom has been attending to them, so they're not as bad as they were. I think that that's a good place to start, is to continue to further tone down V-triggers. And I, mm. and if it, to the extent that you do that, I think you're going to change stuff around. So um, that might be a good place to start, is that maybe yeah. V-triggers get toned down or, or altered in a certain way. Um, that could even be from making V-reversals better. Maybe that's the new mechanic they're going to put in where you actually use your V-reversal. And then if you do that, well, maybe you're not getting V-trigger as often, something along those lines. Um, but I'll turn that over to you. Like, do, what do you think this game is when it comes to footsies, when it comes to offense, defense? Like, how would you kind of define it right now? I mean, I, I've said it many times. I think the game is way too tilted towards offense. And the momentum that you can get in this game and keep is, is really too hard to deal with overall. It really makes the game feel extremely momentum-based and one-sided. And one of the things you've talked about before and expressed to me, like how advantageous it is, is having a character who gets an Oki situation after their super. Uh, you've just done massive damage and just depleted someone's life, and now you get a huge advantage off of it. Kami is infamous for this. She lands it, and she gets a double dash up, and now you've got to hold another mix-up. Yeah. That universally should not be a thing, uh, especially with the very dumb characters like Bison, Nikali, and um, um, Kami. Yep. Like those those characters are freaking stupid. They're brain dead easy to play, and they're way too good in this game. And they should. Th that's one of the ways you can knock down Kami specifically. Uh, Nikali, you could do that as V trigger, right? Um, so mm -hmm. those are two ways you can nerf those characters that they're just giving them an advantage that is completely unearned. They don't need and really cheapens the game. Um, so that would be a, a concrete example of, of what I would go to. Mm -hmm. You know, there's going to be a lot of answers, or at least uh, a lot more kind of passages of conversation that are going to open up to us once we find out what that new mechanic is, because it's going to let us know exactly where Capcom is putting their main focus for all of this. Because as much as individual character mechanics could change things, uh, you know, just a universal mechanic is going to have 
so much more impact because it, it's a thread that runs through virtually everybody on the roster. So once we know that, we can answer this question with a lot more nuance. But right now, um, I got to say, like I, I'm pretty happy with where the game is footsies-wise. There are some moves that are still floating around out there, and I, and I don't know that Capcom wants to tweak this any further and, and make it less so um, where it is right now. But compared to where it was man you can really you can get away with playing a pretty decent whiff punish and reaction and and try to control the the neutral with some sense of an actual legitimate control and authority um, at least with certain characters the the better ones what i would really hope to see is um, that we move away from having very low risk initiators i i think Mm -hmm. that in order to initiate you know, something is. I like the I like the example of the jump in because the jump in is very plain and simple and something that everyone can kind of wrap their minds around fairly easily. And you know, you have very high reward potential, but you lose your ability to block for like a second and a half or whatever the the air time is that your character has. So that feels fairly balanced given what it gives you versus what you what you uh, stand to lose by doing it. And uh, you know, you have to be fairly tactful with your forward jumps. Um, especially now that the input lag has been reduced, right? So, but there are certain moves where you can kind of toss them out there, and if they work, it's awesome, and you can get really good benefits, especially if you can cancel into V trigger. But then, if you toss them out and they don't go your way, it's like, ah, eh, not a big deal, you know? Like I'm still only minus two, or maybe you're even plus. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I just like to see less of that. I think that it really kind of just comes down to risk reward and tweaking and making more risk for certain moves that have reward. And that's very broad in general. Um, but that's where I'd like to see things change. Yeah. One of the main things you've talked about, uh, you and I have talked about over the years, is V trigger activations on block. Not hit, but block. Mm-hmm. You are rewarding the other player for basically getting beat up and then going into V trigger. And I don't maybe mind some advantage, but like a lot of characters were like plus 10 or plus 8 or whatever. Maybe you can dial that down universally to like a plus 2, where you're getting a mix up, but you're not getting this insane mix up for getting beat up and, and just, you know, basically getting a comeback. And this would alter it on hit. Again, if you if you land the hit and you confirm into your V-trigger, you're great. You're good to go. Um, and then the one caveat of this would be something that Harada said, where he, I think it was Tekken 5, where he gave it to a top player, and the top player tweaked all the stuff that he thought would be fundamentally balanced and great. And yeah, it was, but it made the game less fun. You know, and and this would be a change that is so fundamental to Street Fighter V that the developers have probably looked at it and they've probably taken it away. And it might have been one of those type of things where it just made the game not that much fun. And ultimately, these games have to be fun or we're not going to play them. We're, we're, they're going to go away. And so I, I throw it out there as something I, I'd love for them to look at, but it's also not the kind of thing where they... They will come back and tell us, like, when trade shows open back up again, where, where tournaments come in, uh, we'll be able to talk to them again at those and, and kind of see, like, what their reasoning is. Maybe we'll get an answer on that one. But, um, man, you know what I, sounds fun to me is not being negative 10 for having cornered Gil and uh, talking about when I'm playing uh, Dream King right now. <laughs> but you know, so often, well, this is, a, this is a real thing, too. In this game, you have your pressure, you have your rush down, and if you've cornered someone, that usually means that you've been going to town on them. It usually means they're close or at V trigger, and the and the game changes so heavily yes. because of that, where you have your back to the wall in the corner, and that can't even really be fully appreciated. And it's weird for me to talk about how the offense is technically not what it should be in a game, in Street Fighter Five. Uh, very few and far between uh, instances you'll hear of this, but but like caging someone in the corner 
you're building their V trigger. And once they have that, it becomes, well, one, it's very predictable um, and, and that's not good in and of itself, but even so that it's predictable that you know that once that, that meter is flashing, that all they're looking for is their good move or two that they can use on block or, or they don't have to care if it hits or not. Um, and, and they're gonna activate on, but like they're just, the, the game just becomes about doing that. And then yeah. if it happens, like, you know, as you're trying to maintain your pressure, they're just flailing because it's so much benefit to flail. Sometimes you can keep them, you know, tied down. If you're really good and you're really precise with your meaties and, and, and your setups and your frame traps and whatnot, and that's, that is on you. But so much of that flailing from the corner or flailing from being on your back foot, but given this V-trigger cancel and then the fact that you can lead from that if it goes well and it's like two out of three times it's going to go well because of the way it's set up, then you're into Snowballville with G or, you know, Yakuba or whatever it is. So many of these V-triggers are such game changers that I really do want, man, you know, defense to be defense and offense to be offense. And there's plenty of places where offense could probably still use some nerfs, but... It just kind of sucks when the momentum shifts so greatly for seemingly su such an unearned move. And I agree with you, but I also want to put this out there that um, it might be just what this game is. Like, we, yeah. we are so accepting of some of the, the past games for what they were. And, like, if we remove that, this game stops being fun. This stops being an interesting game we all love to play. And you and I have both gotten up to a high enough rank where we know how to counter that stuff really fundamentally I well. don't. I mean, I know yeah. how. I just, I don't do it. But I know, yeah, well, technically, in theory, <laughs> you're playing a very like. You're playing a very difficult character to wrap your head around with Seth. They, one of the top ten characters in terms of execution and knowledge and other stuff. You have a, a mountain in front of you, but you did it before with Nikali. You know, I, I watched you do it. And it's never easy, but it can be done. Um, so there are ways around it. It's not a completely, um, uh, you know, it's not a complete wall that shuts you down, right? But it just feels too unearned. But we can also point to like 50 different examples in fighting game history where that's the case, right? You know, and and so I, I wonder if at this point in time, it's kind of just what this game is. But as you say, the wrench in that is the new battle mechanic are, you know, does Capcom agree with us and finally see a way of doing it where they, they drop everything down universally, you know, five frames less uh, on block advantage than it is now, you know, kind of stuff. It just depends. Um, but another way of addressing it actually is... In terms of tournament viable characters, Street Fighter V is actually lacking in mid-range zoners compared to Rushdown. And I think that Capcom has heard the feedback on this one from the community loud and clear that the game is too Rushdown heavy, uh, lacking defense. So I think they can kill two birds with one stone by trying to make the new characters much more mid-rangey and see how more um, how more of a balanced offensive defensive game could potentially work for Street Fighter, uh, Street Fighter V in that way. Mm -hmm. um, so it, it's... There's an opportunity there for them to balance it without doing it in that way because we already know that that the meta of a game is heavily shaped by how good uh, which characters are, right? Uh, we saw that very much in Street Fighter Four, where you, you mentioned the season of Vortex. Well, not everyone could Vortex you, like not to the level that Akuma, Kami, and a few others could, and, and that Buki, made yeah. the season of Vortex, right? Yes. Uh, so th it really matters very heavily how good which characters are, and those styles become much more dominant. We talked about Rashid basically piecing out other characters for free so you can't play Alex or Dalsim or whatever in tournament because it's like he's just too dominant. Well, um, I'm not suggesting making too dominant of characters, but again, you can even the, the playing field a bit more by making certain parts of the meta a little bit better. You know, we've talked a lot of deserved crap about Capcom over these last five years or so, and, you know, they, they've, they've certainly frustrated me and, and many people 
um, specifically through the avenue of Street Fighter V, and that's what we're talking about right now. But I will have to say, and, and you know, considering all of these moving parts and considering the path that, that the game has been on and where it's gotten to now, and that they're doing things like, hey, we're further pay we're paying attention to the netcode as of today's update or last night's update, right? And of, uh, you know, that we're continuing to develop this, we're putting a new battle mechanic, we're, we're, they really are paying attention to these things and they've shown us also with even the updates that they've had so far that they are listening at least to a reasonable extent and they are trying to balance all this and as we see more and more of the picture and and you know we have more characters and more moving parts that all have to work together for this game to be at least passable you know with everything that's included into it i take my hat off to that man mm -hmm. like like that's awesome and and it's been very easy because the capcom has lost a lot of charisma in the fighting game community but there's a lot that they've done that's really good with this game. And again, this is like, you know, the first chapter in a lot of ways of of this current sort of esports thing. Um, I mean, it's not exactly the first, but it's a lot of new ground is my point. And so they're doing a lot of guess and check work. And yeah. I'm, I'm encouraged. And in a way that I haven't very specifically have not been encouraged in the past. Um, with a lot of Capcom's more recent moves with this game, that they are on a better overall track than they have been, that they have more understanding about what they want to do, and to kind of put a bow... I, yeah. I, I just want to actually jump in on that one and say that we have an influence, our community does, on how this stuff is, is going on. I agree with you on everything that you're saying there, but keep in mind, a lot of this stuff is coming from the community, social media, um, our website, YouTube, you know, Twitter, wherever you want to go. Um, Look at just what they just did for the um, loading uh, of the, the resources when you're playing in game uh, with a netcode. Mm -hmm. We just talked about that being overwhelming. We've made a huge deal about it here on Event Hubs, but that's also been made on Twitter uh, by tournament players and other stuff like that. And Capcom directly addressed that. So, yes, you're right. Capcom is addressing this stuff and they're listening in ways I don't think that they have as actively before. I think they always have listened, but I think they're doing it in ways that are much more proactive um, than they have been in the past. Um, and I just want to remind people that's why we do this stuff. You know, we're not the only people doing it. There's a you know, million people in the community. They're all contributing to this game and trying it in different ways. Uh, we're just one of the voices, right? Mm -hmm. um, but this is a reminder. This is why we do this stuff. There's an opportunity here to, to really get feedback to the developers that makes a huge difference. Yes. So to sort of put a bow on this look over Street Fighter V's life and then sort of the, the speculation into what this upcoming final chapter is going to look like, I would say that Capcom started in the hole. And I don't think anybody, including Capcom, is going to disagree with that. And as a result, a lot of the story thus far in terms of change has been catching up. You know, mm -hmm. checking boxes that should have been checked that weren't yet and figuring out solutions to problems and now the game's not perfect but it's in an incredibly better place and instead of having to solve problems now they can say what can we make look a little nicer what can we make run a little smoother and instead of solving problems that is going to like tank your game if you don't change it they're just making things look nicer and better they're putting bells and whistles or they at least they have the chance to do that now and mm -hmm. so one of the key ways that i think this update will be different whatever this direction is is that it's going to be more instead of fixing problems taking us to new and potentially more exciting places and the fact that we're there which you would hope that would be day one it wasn't lots of lessons mm -hmm. learned but the fact that we're there now is kind of exciting to me and i'm and i'm looking forward to seeing 
whatever happens with all of this. And I will just throw this caveat in here is like that never happens with any game on day one. I don't care how great your game is. I mean, Smash Ultimate might be a little bit of an exception there, but still look at the net code for the game, right? Like, I mean, it's so hard to nail the launch to a heavy degree. And that does not excuse Street Fighter uh, V's extremely poor launch. That does not excuse it at all. I just, I do want to see the community's perceptions of these games when they first start out be a little bit easier and not be too heavily compared to the predecessor. Because I watched it with Street Fighter 2 to Street Fighter 3 and 3 to 4 and and 4 to 5 now, where so many people are just bashing these games for not being what the predecessor was and it's like guys it's time to move on and accept it for what it is and I get it's not perfect but we need to be a little bit more open to these new games coming out and offering us really cool stuff like I I mean I don't want to you know extol the the virtues here of Street Fighter 5 too much with you know a game that's not very well beloved in our community Um, but it's we, we just have too much of a bias here. We're a little bit too much stuck in our, our previous ways here in the fighting game community. And I watched it, a better example, I think, with, with Street Fighter 3 players who missed out on Street Fighter 4 because it wasn't Street Fighter 3. They're like, this game sucks. It's a, like a baby could play it. Like this and this and that. And it ended up being like one of the most <laughs> complex and deep games that we ever had in the Street Fighter series. And I watched a bunch of my Street Fighter 3 friends just give up on it immediately when it came out because it didn't have parries. Like this is, focus attacks are parries for babies, you know, kind of thing. And I'm like, Okay, I understand that reasoning, but it's not, you're missing so much more about this game. You know, like there's so much more depth and, and beauty here that people are just not looking at. And that's that's one of the things I really want to, to emphasize here. Like I, if you like Street Fighter V or not, that's okay. But like when the next game comes out, do give it more of a chance instead of immediately dismissing it. And, and again, you can, the launch was terrible. There's so many reasons why I'm okay with people hating Street Fighter V. Uh, just in the simple fact they don't like the game or whatever, but we just do have a big issue in us, this community with just dismissing stuff immediately if it doesn't match. Uh, it, it doesn't hit what our expectations are. Our, our very obscure and, and just random expectations that we have in the community. Uh, again, focus attacks were a great mechanic, I think, in Street Fighter 4, but the fact they did not work like parries just pissed off most of the Street Fighter 3 player base. They were just like, parries are amazing. You have to have parries in there. Capcom added parries, but they made it, you know, two buttons. They're like, that is the lamest thing I've ever heard in my life. This is, a baby could do this and it, this is bullcrap. You have input leniency. We never needed input leniency before, ever. Like, why are you, this is a baby's toy now and it, 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 I hate to see history repeating itself I'm sorry I'm losing it here as, but, uh, as but long yeah. as Street Fighter 6 takes a departure from Street Fighter 5 I will be happy with it because um, I mean as, as much nice as many nice things as I've said I, I still definitely this, this is not my favorite game of all time I'll just leave mm-hmm. it at that so yeah, it, it, it better be a departure because we already played. We've played Street Fighter Five now for what is it going to be? Um, almost five years. Years. Oh, <laughs> five years. Yeah. It's we need. We're almost ready for a new game. You know, kind of thing. It's not quite there yet. We've we've got it. You know, it's going to be what like a six year span when we get Street Fighter Six here in twenty twenty two. That's going to be perfect for this game, and we're going to be over and done with it. Then that's it's a perfect time to end it. Uh, but just actually talking here a little bit about the future of the game. Um, in two months or so, we're going to have a major balance patch, and then Dan added to the game. 
if Capcom messes anything up there, like they have kind of a new opportunity here, we typically see another batch in the springtime, and that's actually where Rose is also going to be coming out. So they have a little bit more kind of uh, creative leniency here because they know that they can, they can typically update the game around this time. Mm. And then it's only the fall time before Street Fighter V sees its final balance patch there in 2021. And I think Capcom is going to be a good bit more ballsy here with some of their approaches because they can be. They have a little bit more of a cushion to work with than I think they've ever had in this game. And um, it, it, all the other stuff we said before, knowing more about it, all that other kind of stuff. So this is a time for taking risk with good purpose. And, and Capcom is actually telegraphing that they're going to do exactly that. But they're labeling it as being more creative. We're going to be more creative with this <laughs> game and stuff like that. However you want to word it, it doesn't matter. I think Capcom is open to addressing things in some different ways than they ever have before in the past with Street Fighter V for good reason. Well, lots of potential. I'm excited. Now, on to uh, the game we normally talk about on this podcast, Mortal Kombat 11. <laughs> yeah, let's do it, man. I, I think we, we've got some uh, biting and violence and horror themes coming up here for October. So. Yeah, and, and weird psychological relationships to your mother and all that stuff. Oh, no. man. So Brilliant I, stuff. Oh, I okay. sat down. Okay, so <laughs> I sat down yesterday. Um, you know, okay, so Melina, among others, have been revealed for Mortal Kombat 11. Now, I want to focus specifically for this on Melina because it's more about, like, I'm interested in why does she have a following that really appears to be unlike any other, I dare say, fighting game characters following. And that's not to say that she's the most popular, it's not to say that she's the highest status or anything like that, but her fans are just rabid sometimes and, and to an inappropriate degree sometimes as well like like fairly often like nrs and ed boon couldn't post anything on social media without people being very disrespectful about requesting melina and completely just ignoring whatever they were actually posting about um and and i don't like that i don't think that that was okay and uh, even a part of me sort of wishes that those people weren't rewarded with getting melina because that just seems like an injustice. But there are a lot of fans that weren't jerks and that, that really do love this character. And the fighting game community, man, it's you could take just about every adjective out there and every combination of adjectives and put them in front of the individual members and find somebody that, that fits that. So there's a lot of different types of people in the fighting game community, I get that. But there's a lot of Molina fans and they are just just super hype and super invested into this character and I'm you're like, saying the Molina fans look kind of hot and good in the bathing suit but then they pull out their their mask and they've got fangs underneath I, kind of, that's, yes, I'm just all saying Molina fans look great in a bathing suit is, was, I'm glad that that's what you pulled out of that one because that's exactly what I was going for um, well okay so why Melina? Why does she have this appeal about her? And one of the sort of like in behind the scenes stories that we were hoping to kind of get at or the types of stories is like, you know, hey, what do we think that these new characters are going to have in the way of movesets and fatalities and things along those lines? And Melina, of course, has the kiss of death fatality. Not every time she's appeared and she's not the only character to have it, but she certainly has had it. And it's one of her most iconic fatalities. Um, it also happens to highlight two themes about the character that I think are integral as to why people love her so much and have such an attraction to her. And those two themes are that she is simultaneously super sexy bae 
looks great in a bathing suit, as uh, some of us would point out. And she's also this devouring, dangerous monster, right? With their fangs and her butter face, you know. Um, and, and like, what does that mean in terms of this feminine character? Um, I, I really enjoy psychology. I think that well, while I'm no professional at it, if I wasn't doing this, I'd probably be doing something with psychology. And I, I've taken a handful of classes when they were available to me in, in you know, both high school and college. And I often find myself listening to podcasts or YouTube commentary videos and things along those lines on psychology. So uh, I kind of got my psychological side of my brain going and, and digging into this. And I'm like, you know, she represents, first and foremost, sex appeal. Okay, great. That's, that's easy enough. And it's pretty straightforward as to why people would appreciate that about her cool whatever but like people really got this this relationship going more so than just other sexy looking characters um in fighting games the other part about her is is extra fascinating to me it's this devouring evil destructive monstrous part but it also implies that melina can get the job done man like she's scary when when you know the action needs to be taken and the crap hits the fan Melina is going to be someone that you want on your team, right? And it's that monstrous ability and that 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 veracity and her her just she can she can deal with it, you know. And you want okay, that. now. Why do you say you want Melina on your team? Like, what do you mean by that? Well, okay. So say you're having a you know a West Side Story beatdown brawl scenario. You want a monster on your side. You want someone that's able to attack, that's able to kill, that's able to have this confidence that she's not some pushover. But is Melina a damsel in distress that you have to f- save in the Eighth Castle? No, not at all, right? She's the one out there doing all this and saving and killing and, and making the moves and making stuff happen. And that's very attractive especially, <laughs> and this is where things get a little bit dicey, but uh, that would be particularly attractive to someone who is uh, dependent a lot on, on female figures in their life. And that could be for a lot of different reasons. Maybe mm. mom's still paying your phone bill. Spoilers, oh. my mom still pays my phone bill. <laughs> you, you just said all Molina fans are like... No, know, not dude, all yeah. Molina fans. There are plenty of <laughs> Molina fans that like her because she has a move set that they appreciate because she functions mm. the way they like. <laughs> because they grew up playing her when they're you know first getting started. There's plenty of other reasons. But I don't think you would want to ignore sort of the psychology. So she's simultaneously like a a figure that would be a a good mate as far as, you know, their sexual attraction and such. And she's very able. And hey, if you're controlling her, if you're the person using her, she's the avatar on the screen, but you're the one controlling her, well, then truly you're not the one in the way of her potential destruction. You know, you're not at the other end of that gun uh, that is Melina's, you know, just, just ferocity. You get to use that. She's on your team. So she's both the sexy, ma- attractive mate and the protective mama bear or that she can get stuff done for you. She can make you safe. And I think that combination really resonates at a psychological level for a lot of people. And that's why people have responded with so much passion, oftentimes in a appropriately but so much passion about this character i'm gonna go a little dark here and bear with me because i'm gonna keep it light but um uh when men are in a situation where their life is legitimately threatened and other stuff it's not uncommon for them to call for mom Mm -hmm. you know mom is a very much a a figure of comfort and and other things and there's some very recent events here that i could point to where this has happened that i don't want to go down because yes unbelievably awful to a point where oof but I will just say there is a a part of the human psyche that goes here you know and it's very interesting that you you bring up this correlation 
you know, and, and I was actually thinking about like why mom and, uh, you know, why, why do we filter through such, well, why would we go through such a filter? It's like, well, for a lot of people, their, their mother or their maternal figure, and the same goes for your paternal or father figure, like that's the first instance that you get when it comes to, you know, like if you're talking about a young man experiencing woman you know like this is my first information of who a woman is what she does what what how i interact with her what what she's like you know things along those lines and you get your first impressions um from those figures so often and i think that's why so much in psychology always points back to um to relationships with parents and such and and i'm sure that's not conclusive and again i'm no professional but uh, i think it's worth pointing out here so anyways her kiss of death fatality, I super hope they bring this exact move back and they turn it up to 11 here in Mortal Kombat 11. The reason why is because it so perfectly has both of these themes, right? It starts with sexuality. She's kissing you. And from what we've seen, there's little glimpses of the character thus far. Her tongue is like extra long and snake-like. She uses it to go all over Liu Kang's face. Right in that in that one um, uh, screenshot that we have, and she also when she first appears in the trailer, she's uh, killed the the Tarkatan and she emerges from the bushes and her sigh is covered in very <laughs> beautifully animated blood and she licks it from like a foot away because her tongue's so damn long. So what you might do with these current graphics, with the fact that man, Mortal Kombat 11 has alienated younger audiences. <laughs> well beyond anything that this would do. I don't think you're going to lose more people because you do something like this. But I'd like to see them turn up the sexuality a little bit with this. And then, of course, the gore I don't think they have virtually any limit on. But what I'd like to see from, uh, from Melina's kiss of death is that she starts out with an actual passionate kiss that the, uh, that the victim either is like... I don't even think they might agree with it a little bit, right? But they're making out... And then the, uh, <laughs> I don't know how it, it detailed we'll get here, but essentially at some point in there, it turns, and I don't want you to be able to identify the exact moment where it turns from a pleasant to a not pleasant experience, but the tongue goes too far, ends up uh, pulling out something from within the chest cavity, probably the heart, because uh, that just seems to be just perfect for these themes here. And, uh, and then Melina eats the heart, and that could be her kiss of death fatality, um, both highlighting and, and perfectly melding together the two themes that I think, when juxtaposed together, make that attractive it-girl factor for Melina that we see evidence of in her very, very passionate fan base. And anyways, now that they're bringing Melina, I hope they go full force with her. People play these games for the fatalities. They're a huge part of it. You're going into very, you know, intricate detail on why this will resonate with people and why it will be such a big thing. And and people are going, okay, you know, I, I didn't need this kind of description. I was like, well, this is a huge part of it. You may not realize like how much like psychological stuff is going on when you're seeing the fatalities on there. It, it's gruesome, but there's a way this stuff is portrayed that hits you extra hard or not. Mm -hmm. There's a way that's how come, you know, a, a bunch of other games have done fatal moves and other things and Mortal Kombat NRS has stuck around doing this stuff because they make these things graphic in a way that really sticks with you. The, the reactions of the characters, how it's set up, how it's portrayed, it's a big deal. And no one is better at it than NRS. So you're, you're describing all these things and stuff like that, and I'm having some pretty dark <laughs> pictures in my mind and other stuff and get a little creeped out on some stuff. But at the same time, I'm going, this is what Mortal Kombat is. It's Halloween. This is why, you know, so there's 
what I'm saying is there's a method to the madness here. It's you may be wondering why he's going about it this way. And it's like, yeah, this is why. And this is what NRS has to do to make a compelling game. And it's why a bunch of people love and play Mortal Kombat to this day. Mm-hmm. So a lot of eyes on not just Molina. Rain's coming. He's got a cool new um, weapon and, and some cool new abilities, it looks like. Freaking Rambo's on the way because we need more 80s action stars in Mortal Kombat. And that should be a lot of fun. Um, but we're all looking forward to uh, to that update. You know, this game, I, I said it earlier, but it looks so good. I mm-hmm. Brittany, my, my fiance, she really doesn't like watching it. Uh, she's not a huge fan. But almost every time a new character, a new trailer comes out, I have her sit down and watch on the on the uh, the HD monitor, you know, with uh, with all the settings up and the headphones on because it's just so damn beautiful. And, and they put so much work into making it look um, and, and, and like that's a big part of it, right? The, the visuals on um, the Mortal Kombat experience from the story mode to the fatalities, all of it, um, uh, there's been a very, very uh, prominent thread throughout its, its about entire to look, history. It's about, it's about to look even see. better. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's going to be 4K here. Uh, I am half tempted to, to get this to run in 4K. I don't have a 4K monitor yet. They're pretty expensive for PC, but it's going to look even better really soon. Like they're giving you the free upgrade. It's like... Wow, you're getting a lot of value with these games. Yeah, uh, but yeah, yeah. So looking forward to it, and I think the uh, the whole combat community is. Now, I don't know what it's going to look like now on social media when NRS or Ed Boon post something because and maybe they'll just keep it going at least for Mortal Kombat 11 and they do some kind of Molina reference because it's just going to feel empty and hollow if you don't, if you don't have those things now. But uh, things are really changing for this game now that we're finally getting a character that's just been. Uh, you know this sore spot and this drain or, or this this redirect of the focus so constantly it's like hey there's all this new cool stuff when's Molina it's like yeah but look at all this cool no when's Molina well now you don't have that anymore and you got Rambo and you got Rain and who knows what else so exciting times for Mortal Kombat exciting times for Street Fighter I mean yeah, there's been a lot of limits put in place this year but it feels like there's some good momentum in a couple of really relevant places for us here in the FGC and that's that's really nice to have well said all right, y'all. That's going to wrap us up for this week of the Event Hubs podcast. Once again, thank you all so much for listening. Thanks, guys. See you later. Uh, the, all that stuff about letting your friends know and uh, subscribing, leaving us good reviews. Thank you, and we'll see you.